Hey everyone, just a quick forward here from Jason. We had some issues with YouTube this week, which made it very difficult for us to get this up onto our podcast platforms, but we do have it resolved and next week it shouldn't be a problem. Hopefully just a one-time thing. But without further ado, here's the full episode. What's up guys? Welcome to the MMA on Point live chat. We got a very special day. It is St. Patty's Day, so you know me, Jason. I'm just some regular dude here in America, but we've actually got an Irish guy in here today with us to celebrate St. Patty's Day. What's up, PT? How you doing? I'm doing very good. All I can say is you're very lucky the pubs are closed in Ireland. Otherwise, this would not be happening. <laughs> <laughs> is that actually like a shade of green, by the way? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah it's like a muted one? green. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I don't want to go too. Didn't want to lean into it too much. You know what I mean? I tend to offend people because I'm not American. I didn't want to rub it in their faces. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are welcome at any time to go get some Jameson and drink like a fish during the rest of this podcast, <laughs> as consolation actually, for the pubs not being open. I actually have an interview booked, uh, as you know, at 10 p.m. tonight. So I'm afraid it's going to be liquorless Pizzy Carol for the day. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll crack one open at 11. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you got to, dude. Um, well, cool stuff. Uh, we're also joined by, of course, uh, our, our boy here. We got Lawton. What's up, What's Lon? going on, everybody? Doing good, man. Just hanging out. Uh, enjoying St. Patrick's Day. Glad we got to spend it with an Irish man today. So thank you for joining us, Pizzy, as always. <laughs> yeah. You know. You know the whole story about St. Patrick in Ireland. Like, do you know why he's famous in Ireland? Mm, I don't. I'm a dumb American, <laughs> this though. Is, so. You're a dumb American. This is one of the most ridiculous things you'll ever hear. But, I mean, I'm sure he's done other things. But the thing that people tell you when you're young is the reason why he's such a big deal is because he chased the snakes out of Ireland. But <laughs> anyone who's been to Ireland will know that our climate isn't very conducive to a snake environment. It's not, it's not a, so I don't know. I'm just saying, call the bullshit on it. I don't think there was ever snakes here. I think he's, I think he's claim. he's like, he's stealing valor, oh basically. God. Because Stolen I don't valor. think there was, don't think there was ever any snakes here. That's legit hilarious. The the idea that that spread around. Oh yeah, he chased all the snakes, just literally all of them, went into those burrows, <laughs> Just even getting close, they just scurried away. They were so afraid. I know, but that's that's what we're told. I mean, I've been baffled since I'm about four years of age with this story. So it's been <laughs> it's been a hard quarter of a century for me trying to get my head around this. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, uh, yeah, hopefully you get a chance to get that drink later. So if you guys aren't familiar, this is our first time on the Extras channel. We're starting to kind of move this channel into a place where it's more positioned to focus on... Uh, more of the indie stuff. So you saw that yesterday with a fantastic piece that you did yesterday, PT, which really, really love how that turned out. Uh, nice job on that, Lawton. And of Ooh. course, I did a little bit of work on that. It was a real nice team effort. Um, of course, we're going to be doing this on Wednesdays from now on. We got Compose's Corner, which will be going up in a couple hours. So we're starting yes. to bring regular content. But I think a lot of the focus of this channel and what we're trying to do with it is more the long form stuff, more the indie stuff, and really try to focus on things and develop new stuff. A lot of the stuff will end up on the main channel as well. So I'm not saying it'll always stay here. But um, yeah, so welcome to the Extras channel. I hope you guys are enjoying it. I say let's go ahead and jump right into the first topic. So let's do this. Kumite Crunch, so you guys are familiar with the concept of this. We speed bag through a bunch of concepts. This is just to get us started off. I know sometimes people complain that the time limits are short, but it's just a it's just a jump off point, and then we go into it deeper. So Sweet. let's do it. 
Cool. <clears throat> All right. So yes, chat. If you've been here before, you kind of know how we do. We have five headlines on the side of your screen. Other side. I'm inverted, so I pointed the wrong way. <laughs> so we got five headlines on this side of the screen. So I'll kind of read the headline, preface the question with a little bit of backstory. While I'm doing that, you all in the chat put who should take it first, Pizzi or Jason. So I'll kind of give you all, y'all probably have about five, six seconds to put your votes in while I'm reading these headlines. Um, and put your vote, so who should do it, and then we'll take the vote, and then we'll toss the question um, to whoever wins for their one minute to give their uh, concise thoughts on this headline. So we are starting it off strong. So again, who should take this first one? Usman versus Masvidal 2. Put PC or Jason in the chat, and I'm going to kind of read about it. Obviously, that's been a big announcement. Um, and the main question we want to focus on is, will a full camp version of Masvidal make a difference compared to their first fight now that we have a final rematch booked? So let's jump to the chat. See who's gonna win this one. Uh oh, I think they're uh, kissing the uh, Irishman's tail a little bit today. Oh, yes. I think uh, I think PT actually. Kiss me Irish. I think you won this one. <laughs> I think you won this one. So we'll go to you for Son your uh, for your first minute on the headline of Usman versus Masvidal. You ready? Yes. All right, man. Give us your thoughts. One minute starting now. So the thing about the first fight was with Masvidal stepping up on short notice, everybody felt like it was a win-win situation for him going into that fight. And I actually do think that he came away with his status completely intact. I don't think ever anyone was like, well, Jorge Masvidal is rubbish now. And I think the fact that they booked this again shows that, at least with the UFC, he's still held in high regard. I do feel as though a lot of people feel that this fight will go the same way. I can remember after Usman beat Gilbert Burns, everybody was saying, we don't want to see Masvidal and Usman again. It's just going to go the same way. We've got a conclusive answer there. But I think that actually helps Masvidal because if Masvidal can go in and give a better account of himself than he did the first time, he's already proving a lot of people wrong. So I do feel as though a full camp will give him a better engine. I, I did feel he wore out pretty quickly in that first fight Ten with Usman. Yeah, I feel like it's on him to go out there and prove everyone wrong that he can give a better account of himself. Nice. Ooh, with seconds to spare. Oh, sorry. Nice. I thought it was done. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> you are good. That was a good thought. So, all right, cool. So, Jason, you got one minute. Same topic. You ready? No. Well, we're starting anyway. <laughs> so, you got one minute. Usman versus Masvidal 2, starting now. Yeah, this is definitely one of those fights where... The first one just wasn't competitive. Why are we doing essentially an immediate rematch in Masvidal's case? Obviously, Usman had a fight in between there. But there's nothing to show me that we should be doing this fight again. It's like them trying to do Habib and Connor back-to-back. I get the idea that there should be money involved. But to be fair on this one, who wants to see this fight again? Like, casuals don't want to see this fight again because they're the ones who said it was boring and they didn't appreciate the ground game. For hardcores, they didn't see anything competitive about it. Like, what audience actually gets something from this? The answer is <laughs> those few gullible folks left behind that are just like, oh, yeah, I saw that photo of him eating a pizza, right? It's like he even said that was a photo <laughs> op himself. Like, he did that on purpose to play it up. We all know Ten that seconds. this fight is basically going to look the same. And, uh, yeah, it, it's just a ridiculous fight. There's so many more deserving people out there. All right. Wow. Can I just say, uh, in terms of the Habib Connor uh, reference you just made, the man's foot was a balloon, Jason. Okay, <laughs> the man's foot was a balloon. <laughs> I don't want to hear the man's name dragged through the dirt again. It was a balloon. 
You got a great point there. I, I did forget about that. He would, yeah, yeah. He he never loses clean. I'll tell you that. Never loses clean. Some something's always gone wrong. That's All great. right, moving on to the next topic. So we have the topic of eye pokes. So chat, same thing. Who should take this one, Pizzi or Jason? Go ahead and put your answer in the comments uh, now, and we will get to them in a second. So on the headline of, of eye pokes, obviously, or the main topic we're going to ask is, can curved gloves solve eye pokes in the UFC? And obviously this past weekend we had a huge one um, with Leon and Bilal that canceled the fight. It was fantastic. It was such a it lived up to the hype. So let's talk about that and the gloves and will they fix the problem? So let's go to the chat, see who should take it. Ooh, ooh. Jason looks like he's winning this one. Actually, nope. Jose put two answers. <laughs> so we're deli- Come on, Jose. Yeah, I'm seeing more Jason. Yeah, it's definitely coming in now. So. I'm seeing more pizza. I'm seeing more pizza. <laughs> I'm seeing more pizza. All right, so Jason, one topic on your thoughts of eye pokes and can curved gloves fix them? One minute starting now. The only argument I hear against using curved gloves is, what, fix it 100%? (laughs) It's like, what standard would we put up there? It's like, yeah, supposedly condoms are 99.999% ineffective, and sometimes that's cases that abstinence people make that's just ridiculous. It's like, no, it it works a whole lot better. Even if it's 50% better, and that means we don't have a Leon versus, you know, like, below, like, we don't have that happening, you know? Like, so if we can do something to reduce it, just even by a little bit, then we should be doing that. And the fact of the matter is, I can't think of any in pride. We tried to on Monday during our writers meeting. Fun fact, we're working on a list based around this. And we couldn't find anything. The only thing we did find was intentional high pokes. And you can't find that in a lot of other organizations. I can't think of it in Bellator. I can't really think of it in one. Usually it's intentional in other organizations. So, yeah, fix the gloves. (laughs) God damn it. Ending note, fix the gloves. Yeah, I had to put a stamp on it. (laughs) All right, Pizzi. You got one minute. Your thoughts on eye pokes and will gloves solve it? And what should we do? You got one minute starting now. Well, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that the premier organization in this sport hasn't dealt with this yet. I mean, it's been happening for so long. Uh, we've seen so many fights obscured or just completely taken away from us because of these gloves. And And the real thing that's pissing me off about it more than anything is there is other options. As Jason said, this isn't something that happens outside of the UFC on a huge basis. It's happening in the UFC more than anywhere else. I don't know how an organization that prides itself being the flagship banner in MMA hasn't tried to change this. You have Trevor Whitman there with this Onyx glove that people are raving about. People are saying it's not obscuring the grappling situations. They're able to open and close their hands. The the curve in the glove puts your hand at a more natural kind of level so you're not doing that pokey thing that the referees are having a heart attack every event looking at guys going please stop please stop so i think it's on the ufc to do something and it's just not good enough it's not good enough at this stage that guys are jeopardizing their sight to fight in the ufc it's just not good enough yeah well it is for our entertainment so (laughs) so poke them out (laughs) but but i i was having a beer while i was watching that i was having a good time you know, <laughs> up, man, up until the eye poke. me, I would have got up and, and bet up Leon Edwards. I would have just got up and like, did you poke me, bro? Did you just poke me? 
Let me poke, like, how bro. Sick is Let that, me though? poke, bro. It's in the tough house. <laughs> Let me bang, bro. But we got we've got nothing from that fight. Like, Mm-mm. like I mean, like it's it's kind of it's such a shitty situation for everyone. Belal gets this opportunity to come in against uh, Leon, who's meant to be a high echelon fighter in the welterweight division. The event kind of happens, and it you know it doesn't happen because of the the poke. And now we're in this situation where people are going. Leon has to fight Bilal again. The only reason why Leon was fighting Bilal was because his original opponent pulled out. Now we're just putting another stopgap there. Yeah. We, as far as I'm concerned, that's what it is. And I, I respect Bilal. And I'm not trying to say I have any problem with that finish whatsoever. But it, it's just a really shitty situation every way you look at it. it it's, it's just so inconclusive and... It's just not rewarding at all for the fan base as far as I'm concerned. Like, you got to do something about that. Yeah, like, even if even if it's not as great as people are raving about it to be with the Onyx gloves or, you know, the Bellator gloves or the Pride gloves, even if we can reduce it by 10%, why not take that? <laughs> because maybe that meant what happened on Saturday wouldn't happen. Because it would it just... Anything we can do to reduce it, let's just fucking do that. <laughs> like, well, how is that, that a hard the, decision, you know? Every... Every coach I talk to, Jay, every single one of them, like, says when I ask them, is there a big difference between the Bellator and the UFC gloves? They say yes immediately. Like, there's no, mm. there's no debate. Like, it's, 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 it's just, it is the way it is. Like, they know this is happening. It just makes no sense to, to not do something about it. From what I heard, um, UFC were talking to Trevor Whitman, and it was a patent issue. So they were like, we will do this if you allow us to buy the patent yes. off you. And this is going to put his whole life into this project. And they're like, unless you sell us all of the rights to this, instead of maybe a contractual basis where they're doing one-year deals where the man can make a living off this brilliant product he's designed, yeah. they won't do it. So uh, I, just, I, I think it's so fixable. It's just litigation, basically, that's, that's holding it up. And that's, that's really not good enough for UFC athletes as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and that's the thing that sucks too, because then what you're doing if you sell it to the UFC, so even just out of the financial benefit of it, it's also you're taking it away from the other promotions, the other athletes around the world who might want to use that design. And I wonder what the holdup is there too. I would like to hear that side of it. You know, um, I mean, to be fair though, maybe they don't need it. <laughs> you know, like you just mentioned, how all these other people are saying the Bellator clubs are just better you know that they just like it more um so i don't know what the actual solution is in terms of you know those organizations but it's clear the ufc needs something like that and i'm sure they can work something out man i mean do you want to make it better or not hopefully you do because that hurts your business having fights in like that so just do something about it you know i don't even think that's highly regulated most of the time there's some sort of regulation in between right What's the regulation in between this? Just do it. So, Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. Cool. All right. Oh, good, good. hooked up JT, though. I see you there. He's like, oh, I just realized I'm not a mod on this I channel. Know, I got to go already back fixed and it. look for the mods. That, since Shout out JT, baby. What yes. up, JT, though? I saw uh, Manchester. Where are you at, baby? <laughs> yeah, I've seen, uh, seen a bunch of people come over. It is good to see the familiar faces. I saw Jessica Napick from Twitter, but she wanted you on the first topic. So there you go. <laughs> Crystal Queen. I love you, Jess. Keep up the good work. I hope Bean is doing well. Happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Lafay Laporig. What? I don't know what half those words that PZ what just said were. Lafay Laporig. I love pork. Moving on to the next topic, we got Whitaker versus Gastelum. So again, chat, put your uh, answers or votes more so in the chat. Who should take it, PZ 
or Jason. This one's kind of a little long-winded one, so you should have plenty of time to put your votes in the chat right now while I kind of read up on it. So, kind of. <clears throat> let me clear my voice. Here we go. This fight was supposed to happen for the title back when Whitaker was still champ and was canceled last minute, making Adesanya versus Silva the main event at UFC 234. Now, Gastelum steps in for an injured Paulo Costa on April 17th. What do you make of this matchup two years after their first one fell apart? So, kind of a lot of information there. That's the topic we're going to go with, though. Let's jump to the chat and see who's getting it. Uh-oh, looking like the Irish strikes again. Come on! Yeah. Make sure there's no duplicates. No one cheating in here, so. No, no yeah. Think, it's uh, all my dad. I think Pete won this one uh, fair and square. Yeah, it's all Pete's dad with fake accounts. <laughs> what did I think it, uh, dad meant when you said that to me the first time? I was like, I don't, was I don't that think, like a I grandpa? Yeah, like, yeah. I went further with it for no reason. <laughs> all right, Pete. You're you got one minute, Whitaker versus Gasolum. What are your thoughts on this now that the rematch has finally happened two years later? You ready? Yes. All right, starting now. This is a very, very interesting development. First of all, my God, what a hangover Paulo Costa has since that Adesanya fight, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ, epic. But I will say that when I was speaking to Eugene Berman ahead of uh, Stoilbender moving up to 205, one of the big issues he was talking about was the lack of fresh contenders at 185 pounds for Israel Adesanya. Like, they're talking about Darren Till, who has a no-fight win streak at the moment, being the most compelling option for them. You put Whitaker in now against Gaslam. Gaslam, without a doubt, has given Israel Adesanya his hardest fight at 185 pounds. Gaslam was on that three-fight skid, but it looked like he really got his confidence back against Ian Hoynish. It was a vintage Gaslam performance that night, as far as I'm concerned. So I wouldn't be surprised if Gaslam come in here and beat this guy. It could put him in pole position to get that title shot against Adesanya. Like, obviously, they don't care about win streaks and stuff if they're talking about Darren Till. So I think this is really compelling. Hmm. Nice. Cool. All right, Jason, tossing it to you. Thoughts on Whitaker versus Gastelum. You ready? Yes, sir. All right, starting now. When you look at Gastelum's career, I think that's the most interesting part of it. He's obviously, you know, he's had that skid that he was on just before the Ian Heinish win. And I wonder if this is as compelling as it was a couple of years ago. And I would have to say it's not, you know, to answer my own question there. So it feels like one of these kind of things where Robert Whitaker is supposed to win. That's what it feels like. And Robert Whitaker versus Paulo Costa, I thought was much more interesting for a variety of reasons because the way that they both lost to Izzy, you know, for instance, they both got over aggressive. Actually, in, in uh, Paulo Costa's case, he's normally over-aggressive. Robert Whitaker, just kind of assessing that in real time. But, but anyhow, the point being, felt like it was much more competitive. Um, and looking at this one, I'm not sure if Gaslam is the same person that he was. And we'll really have to and see where he lands on this one. But I've definitely got Whitaker taking this fight. I, I don't see any way Gaslam at this point in his career. But that could just be hot hand fallacy. We'll see what happens. Cool. Awesome. Nailed it. <clears throat> on the minute mark for both of yous. <clears throat> All right. So we are moving on to the next headline of Brunson versus Holland. So, again, chat, put <laughs> I see it this time, Jason. <laughs> Jason did that in my camera, like, a few weeks ago, and I had no idea. So You're doing great. Yeah, thanks. You're doing really <laughs> So, <laughs> everyone, really great. put your vote in the chat. Pizzi or Jason, who should take the headline Brunson versus Holland? 
And this one's simple. It's obviously this weekend's main event, and we just want to break down the fight. So what are your takes on this fight? What do you think will happen on Saturday? Um, just give us your thoughts. So let's go to the chat. I'm going to go to my laptop. This seems to load a lot faster. <laughs> I don't know why. Looking like oh. Jason. That's what I like to say. Yeah, yeah. That's I what I like Jason, to say. It's National uh... Feast Day, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> why, don't you chase, why, why don't you chase the rest of the snakes out of England while you're at it? <laughs> All right. So, yeah, with that, uh, with that history lesson we got earlier about St. Patrick. So. <laughs> Actual historical footage exists. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll we'll show watch it that later. At the end. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna tie it into this at the end of the chat. So, um, okay. So, Jason, one minute, Brunson versus Holland. Give us your thoughts starting now. Yeah, this one's so interesting. Derek Brunson. I mean, he just played the spoiler of all spoilers for Edmund Shabazian. And he gets an opportunity to do that again. I think it's a great opportunity for Derek Brunson. I think all the hype is natural on Kevin Holland's side. I think it should be because he's just looked like an absolute murderer out there. We talked about the Jacare KO and just everything else that he did in 2020. Um, truly one of the people out there that you should have your eye on for next title challengers. But Derek Brunson, man, just has a way of shutting people down lately. And especially that Serbazian win. Ian Heinisch. You know, that was the fight that Gaslam's coming off of, but you know, Heinish had a lot of, you know, hype on top of him as well. Lies Theodoro, not so much, but you know, so I think it is one of these things where Derek Brunson has that tendency to shut people down. And I think we could very much see that. But I got my money on Kevin Holland. Five seconds. I I hope he does something spectacular again, but I think Derek Brunson could absolutely put his lights out as well. <coughs> cool. Awesome. All right. Pizzi. Thoughts on Brunson versus Holland? What do you think is going to happen? One minute starting now. I love Kevin Holland. Um, I think it was an absolutely unbelievable year he had last year. Um, as we said in the last subject, like we're looking for new contenders at 185. Brunson's obviously already fought Adesanya. But Adesanya has been talking about Holland like he still needs to prove something. But Adesanya's win over Brunson was one of the the big stepping stones mm. for him to get a title. So I feel as though if Holland can go in there and really do a job on Brunson, it would be really, really crazy impressive. Like, I mean, I know it's it's hard to say it'd be the most impressive thing he did after he did that to Jacare, but I think that puts him right in the mix there. And it's hard to argue with a six-point win streak at middleweight. But I will say, man, you cannot sleep. Just like Jay said, you cannot sleep on Derek Brunson. Because Brunson came in there against Shabazzin and everyone was ready to see that guy enter that title fray and he completely dominated him as far as I'm concerned. So it's a huge, hugely risky fight here for Holland. I wouldn't rule out uh, an upset win for Brunson, but a very, very big fight in terms of the middleweight title mix, I think. Cool. All right. Nice. We are moving it on to the last Kumite topic, and then we're obviously going to go to open chat. I'm about to move my camera if you keep doing that. <laughs> so this is the headline. Also, I did just realize we are two for two with you guys. So this is oh an official tiebreaker. So we oh got that. God. We got the headline. Uh, Gillespie's return. I think a little bit of pee came out. Do what? What'd you say? A little bit of piss just came out of me. <laughs> Pizzi, Pizzi's getting nervous. He's getting real nervous. Uh-oh, uh-oh. So, all right, put it in the chat. Who should take this one? This is for the win. Um, Jason or Pizzi, put it in the comments. 
and we are talking about, so this is Gregor's first fight after that horrific head kick KO loss to Kevin Lee a year and a half ago at UFC 244. He was one of the most touted prospects in the UFC back then, so what does he need to do to regain momentum this weekend? So we're kind of talking about what he's got to do in his fight this weekend. Let's jump to the chat. I'm going to jump on my laptop. Who's going to win the tiebreaker? Let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh-oh. I think everyone's feeling a little uh, a little Irish today. Yep. Yep. Pizzi. Just change that passport, Jay. That's all you got to do, baby. <laughs> wait, wait. Switch back to you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You guys like, are number one. You guys are number fucking one. You hear me? The blurred little <laughs> finger in the background. I was like, why am I going back to my camera? All right, so, Pizzi, <laughs> happy St. Patrick's Day. You have won the Kumite today. Give us your thought on Gillespie's return for this weekend. You got one minute starting now. Thank you so much, first of all. My ancestors... Everyone so proud of what's happening right now. But um, Gregor Gillespie, I love the fact that he took so long off. I, I really think we need to commend fighters when they do this. Um, for their safety, the fact that he suffered that brutal knockout when it all seemed to be set up for him to make a huge statement against Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee decimates him with that head kick. And then we see this time off. I do feel as though Brad Riddell highly touted again. Again, we're going to talk about them. City kickboxing, uh, a huge member of that team. He was a kickboxer, and then he's obviously gone to the UFC. I think he's got a three-fight win streak in the UFC. I was at his debut in Melbourne. But um, I do feel as though Gregor Gillespie, if he goes back to that wrestling style that he showed in his early UFC days, I can remember he apologized to fans once because they were bored. But that is the way he beats Brad Riddell. Um, if he can if he can bring that wrestling A-game against Riddell, I think it's an easy win for him. And um I can't wait to see him back in there. He's a, he's a great fighter. Nice. Cool. All right. Jason, one minute. <laughs> Gillespie's return. You ready? Your I'm faces. back. Oh, sorry. Um. <laughs> All right. One minute starting now. Give us your thoughts. <clears throat> um, This is a bit of a trick question asking what can he do to regain his momentum. I, I think he can have a great fight. I think he can regain some of it, but I really think the truth is after a horrific loss like that and two years off in the sport, I think it's going to take a couple of wins, to be honest. But I think if he can come out here and do a lot of what you said in that strategy, take a kickboxer out of their element and put them on their back and really control them and uh, try to do it in a more Habibish way or doing it in more of an Islam way of actually going for the finish and getting something done rather than grinding out. I think the, he can do a lot towards getting that momentum back. But unfortunately, having two years off the sport, suffering a huge KO loss like that, not hearing anything from him in all that time, the really big thing for him Ten seconds. is just going to be able to see if he can come back, get a nice finish here, and try to do something like that. But I think it's it's probably going to be two fights. I think we will see him return to form. But, uh, yeah, he's going to need a little bit more work to get there. Cool. Do you know what, Jay? I was just thinking as you said it there. That would be a hell of a fight, wouldn't it? Islam Makashev and uh, Gregor Gillespie, if he looks like the guy oh. that he looked like on, on that initial ascent. Like, just because of his wrestling background... It makes it very interesting for me. I think a guy like that, like just because you get flash KO'd one day, it doesn't mean that you've lost all the promise that you have. Like, I mean, to be honest, like a, a lot of fighters I've it. covered over the years have their biggest 
kind of growth spurts when when they do suffer that first loss. Was that Gregor's first professional loss? I believe it was, wasn't it? Um, that was his first loss. Yes. Usually, like I mean, it's a big it's a big uh, tell for fighters, as far as I'm concerned, because when they suffer that first loss, you get a gauge of how good they really can be. A lot of fighters improve, have their biggest growth spurts after that loss, and the fact that he's taken two years off. I think that kind of all speaks to him taking this very seriously and making sure everything is fixed. I hope that's what happened because he was he was a joy to behold, man. The guy could do everything. He had knockout power. He was a fantastic smothering wrestler. I mean, it would be an awful shame if, if that was the pinnacle of Gregor Gillespie because I feel like he had a lot more in him. Yeah, I mean, dude, he was, he was so hyped. I think he made it onto our... 2019 prospects of the year list you know tons of tons of hype on this guy so i think he's capable of coming back to it i mean everybody gets hit with a shot at one point in time islam makachev you were just talking about got ko'd once and he looks like a murderer again you know so i think yeah. gillespie will bounce back it'll probably take a couple fights he needs to build back up that momentum but i suspect he's the same killer we'll really be able to tell really quickly though how much that ko affected him because sometimes you just see somebody get changed they're like, oh, I'm not invincible. Like, uh, what was it, Pettis? You know, so Pettis had obviously, he had lost before the, um, he lost the title, right? He wasn't undefeated when he lost to RDA, right? Anthony Pettis? I think so, yeah. But one thing that he talked about is he felt invincible. And uh, that was the thing, like, he really had it taken to him in the RDA fight in a way that he'd certainly never seen before. Let me double check. Oh, of course, there was the uh, Clay Guida loss when he first came into the UFC. And um, he lost two more times after that. I think he had this feeling of invincibility going in there. And uh, in the Clay Guida fight, I think that he was playing possum too much. He was really trying to go for the submissions. But in the RDA fight, he really got just thoroughly, thoroughly dominated. And he talks about in that a bunch of interviews afterwards and how much it changed him. And, of course, he was able to bounce back. He's done some really great things there. The Stephen Thompson win, Michael Chiesa. Michael Chiesa's looked like a murderer since then. He's got some big wins on his record um, despite that decline. Um, but it does show how much it can change somebody, even if just temporarily. And uh, I think that's what Gillespie's up against this weekend, for sure. So. Absolutely. I agree with you. I, I'm, just, I'm looking forward to seeing him back, though, I have to say. You know, he, he did seem like a big mover and shaker in the division, so I'm glad that he's finally back. But it's just, MMA is such a... Like, it's, it's probably the biggest recency bias in any sport is, is mm. with... The, the UFC every weekend we're like this guy's the greatest of all time <laughs> the next week this guy's the greatest of all time you know it feels like we're just constantly doing this so I mean it, when you take that long out it's very hard to to cause a stir on your re-entry but um he's still holding on to that ranking spot which I think is a, a very good thing a positive thing for him because them rankings seem to change just based on what matchups are made sometimes so he has to be taking that as a positive <laughs> You read me? All right, three, two, one. This guy's the greatest of all time. Oh, I thought we were gonna. I thought we would just spontaneously know what to say at the same time. There, um, people are calling me Jason Bieber today. I thought I looked way more like Bieber last week. Um, but yeah, think the trim. Has, the trim is very aerodynamic. I think. I think it looks lovely. Yeah, dude. I can like. I can move better. I can run faster. Very aerodynamic, dude. My car drives faster. It's insane how much it affects them. <laughs> But cool, yeah, so, um, yeah, we're just kind of moving into the more the free-form chat here. Curious to get your guys' thoughts on really any of these issues that we've talked about and really start going to your takes. 
um, in addition to, you know, really anything else out there. They're talking like Justin Gaethje might be fighting uh, Chandler. That's in the rumor mill this week. Of course, we didn't even talk about for 261, you know, we got two other title fights on that card. <laughs> so, I mean, it's definitely a stacked card. No doubt about it, you know. Finally getting Rose versus Wiley Zhang. What, what do you think about Zhang, uh, Wiley Zhang versus Rose Namajunas? What do you think about that one? Um, I mean, look, I, I feel like I, like Zhang looked amazing since she's been in the UFC. Um, I'm glad that she's taken that time off as well after that war with Joanna. Yeah. Um, you know, it's tough. Like, Rose looks sensational when she's on, in top form. Um I think I think it's it's tough, right? Because the Andrade loss for Rose is such a freak loss, but on the face of it, like if you're just looking at it on paper, you'd think that Zhang has been way more consistent, right? Like, like it's tough though because it is such a freak one. I think it's a it's a very close fight, um, and maybe Rose winning um, will inject new life in the division. Not that it necessarily needs it. It's just I I think a lot of people wanted that title fight. They wanted to see someone back in there. They felt it was too long since the Oana fight. I didn't have any complaints with it. But I just feel as though, you know, Joanna and Jacek is one of my favorite fighters to watch in the history of the sport. I think she's brilliant. I think she's a genius. And and you got to think that if Rose won the title, that would kind of obscure Joanna, right? And as mm. far as Joanna is saying, she doesn't want to come back and fight unless it's for a title. She feels like she should be wow. the natural selection for Zhang after that fight which you know it's hard to argue with it like so many people I spoke to after that fight had it had it for Joanna Darren Till people like this everybody was scoring it for Joanna when I talked to the fighters that seemed to be the dominant response so hmm. yeah I, I I think it's it's definitely the fight to make it, it made sense uh, to put Rose in there with her I think it's an extremely close fight um but yeah it's it's a different kind of challenge, I guess, for Zhang. It's not going to have the same animosity. Like, Rose tends to not bring that. When we saw that with Rose, it was usually Joanna growling in her face before they fought. <laughs> so it's... Uh, it's the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that was... that was Like, she has so many magic moments, Rose, that you wouldn't really relate to an MMA fighter usually. I think that's what makes her so cool. But, um, yeah, I think it's a fantastic fight. Just interested to see how that... Uh, that piece of the jigsaw with Joanna plays out if Rose was to be champion again. Because mm. it's, you know, if you think Masvidal v. Jorge is a hard sell, Joanna <laughs> v. Rose a third time around, if, if Rose is two up, is going to be an even harder one, you know? To be fair, though, that second fight was a great fight between, you know, those two. So uh, for to see them a third Absolutely. time, I'm not necessarily mad at it, but I would love to see Joanna, you know, <sighs> merit is questionable here to just go right into another one. You know, I don't want to say she doesn't necessarily deserve it because that fight with Whaley was just incredible. And she shows that she's clearly still at that level. But she did lose. And, you know, outside of the Michelle Watterson fight, there's been kind of a drought in terms of wins lately. So I would like to see her at least get another win you know it's a shame that actually Andrade is gone because that would be a fun fight to match up but of course she's you know gone up to 125 and she's going to be fighting uh for the title there so well Joanna Joanna from my money had the best performance against Andrade I mean it's an unbelievable performance that jab 
Like that was that was artistry the mm. way she fought um, Andrade because she's in Andrade's strength area, right? They're striking, they're kind of in the pocket for the whole fight, and you want to just jab the face off her. And I'd like to say, you know, you're talking about Zhang v. Joanna, the the epic fight that was. You failed to mention that her face was a balloon, and I'm very disappointed <laughs> with that. Yeah, I mean, it is such a great matchup though, because I mean, if you look at how they both handled um Joanna, yeah i mean playing the mma math game rose definitely handled it better you know um especially in the first one the second one i would say was also very close but it felt like it was much more i i don't really know anybody that had scored that second Joanna fight versus rose for Joanna. Um, no i didn't so i mean if you want to play the mma math game but then you look at the andrage one <laughs> like Oof. Uh, boy, did Whaley just go straight through Andrade, you know? So that's why MMA math is so bad, but it is interesting to compare matchups and just kind of see how they fared in similar situations. I mean, I, I think does I... Yoana need, does to need, like, a Holloway v. Cater moment, do you think? Like, where Ooh. everyone's like, you know, like, oh, she's not she's not in the conversation. There has to be some upstart on the way up that, that's going to take her out. The matchup looks like it's... It's way towards this prospect that's coming up to fight this established person. And then Joanna puts on a clinic and everyone's like, oh, Joanna's still the best. Yeah. Is that what needs to happen here? I mean, they're all title fights. Two Rose losses. Valentina Shevchenko at 125. And then Zhang Weili back at 115. So, I mean, you've got a point. Um, yeah, I think she does, though. I think she needs one win over a top contender. And the question is, you know, who would you match her up against? Is that standing out for, for you at all? Let me pull up the, I, the rankings. I Cause I, nothing is standing out to me right now is a great matchup for outside of that. But I think if you're Joanna and you know, that fight's happening in a month, mm-hmm. you've got to kind of rest on your laurels and hope Wiley wins. So you can get a rematch. Like, I don't think, I think if Wiley beats Rose, I don't think anyone would have a problem with the UFC booking Wiley v. Joanna too. I, yeah. I don't do Yan Jianan. I mean, that would be a Calvin Cater moment, but man, Yan Jianan deserves a title shot already. You know, I mean, you want to talk about, you know, developing a region of the world, you know, you put those two together, say Zhang wins and you got Yan Jianan up in there. Like, Holy crap. Would that be an incredible fight to put together? Um, I think that would blow up martial arts in Asia uh, for the UFC specifically in a way that they haven't been able to do in such a long time. You know what I mean? I would love to see that. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Yan Jianan versus uh, Joanna might be the best bet, you know, if if you did want to go that route. I don't think Joanna does, though. I think the way she sees it is, and, and look, she I think she has a huge point here. She makes people stars. When she fights them, she brings something to the table um, a lot of people don't in that division. Mm. Um, you know, she she brings a hell of a lot of interest. She's not afraid to put herself out there to generate interest. Um, you know, I I feel like Rose had her star making moment against Joanna. I feel like Woy Lee had her star making moment against Joanna. And in a certain way, Valentina was verified by her fight with Joanna too. So mm. I can see it from her point of view too. Like, I mean, she does bring a lot to the table in terms of if you match someone with Joanna if they win that fight, their their stock is going to go through the stratosphere. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm a big, you know, Joanna fan as well. I, I just, I think it's really tough to, 
to be looking down the barrel of, you know, what do we got? Four losses adverse last six fights. It's just like, that's really tough to justify, you know, for the best fighter, the most well-respected fighters. I think, you know, the numbers are just hard to justify on that one, you know, just putting it in terms of straight up stats. I think it's just really difficult. She's clearly at the top. She clearly is still championship caliber. I just, let's just get one win in between is where I sit on that one win. I, I, I wouldn't mind it. Like I'm, I'm not saying uh, I, I disagree with that entirely, but I, I just feel as though there will be a sentiment, especially if Wiley goes in and finishes Rose quickly or mm. in the first three rounds or whatever, everyone's going to be like, yo, you want to won that fight. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just the yeah. way these things happen. Like, I mean, I wasn't upset with the decision with Wiley v. Joanna. I thought Joanna, I thought on the night when I was watching it, I was fairly pissed though. But on the night I was watching it, I thought Joanna won. Um, pissed is in drunk, not pissed so, off. In America, that would mean pissed off. I had to think about that. I was like, wait, why were you pissed? Oh, oh no, drunk. I mean pissed drunk. I was at a wedding. I was at a wedding and it was like six o'clock in the morning and uh, Elaine's like asleep in the hotel room and I'm just up in my underpants shouting <laughs> at my laptop. So... <laughs> Get that image in your head. Dude, Attractive. I, I remember watching like UFC 189, Robbie Lawler versus Rory McDonald in the hotel room for a conference that I was at working a traditional job. And I, I like, I remember I was there with my roommate. I was like jumping up and down in the room, like just freaking out. And he's like, dude, what is going on? He was kind of a fan of it, but he was like, oh shit, Jason's really a fan of this stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I feel you on that one. That's, that's always funny when you're so hyped and the other person just doesn't get it at all. <laughs> They're just like, oh yeah, I know he's into it and I'm kind of into it too, but there's another level with some people. Um, I remember the, the, I was at that fight for uh, Rory, and, Rory and Robbie mm. and when he was walking by press row afterwards, everyone was talking about the lip, right? And Robbie got split. Ooh. But when, I, when, when Rory was walking by press row, the sound he was making when he was breathing because his nose was so fucked up was something that will stay with me for the rest of my life. Uh, Like you could see obviously that the nose has taken so much damage, but it was like, it was like there was blood curdling in his nose as he was uh, trying to breathe uh, to the point where you're in the MGM grand or the, whatever it is, the team over real quick. Hang on. I think it was the MGM grand, but, there's so many people. You have like 20,000 people around you and they're all going crazy because it's one of the greatest fights of all time. And I can hear Rory trying to breathe Ooh. through that absolutely destroyed nose. It was, uh, it's a, it's something that will stick with me forever. Honestly, that fight was insane. Wow. Yeah, man, I'm trying to remember what fight I had a similar moment with and, and nothing compared to that. It was nowhere near the stakes. But it was like Felipe Clares versus somebody else. And you could just hear all the punches clattering against their head because it was the first time I was cage shot. You know, it's like, and I've talked about this before, you know, when you go to events, even if you pay, you know, like I paid a decent amount for tickets before. Tom and I have gone to events with VIP, you know, tickets or whatever. And you're like way back in the back still. Like you're still like 300 feet away from the cage. And at that point, you're spending a pretty good amount. And so that was the first time I was there. I can't remember who he was fighting. But um, Felipe Claris was the one that was just getting destroyed. And you could just hear all the punches with just a different level of impact. It was just it just totally visceral. So I can only imagine what that sounded like for you. Not only A, watching that fight, even despite the crowd, and then being able to hear something like that over top of it just sounds 
horrific. <laughs> you know, it's like, it shows the other side of it. Like there's the part of you that is super excited. You know, me jumping up in a hotel room, you know, where I should be being quiet during a, a, a you know, a conference. Uh, and you're watching it actually right there live and you're into it too. But then you're like, oh, well, there's like a half dead human right there that just walked past me. <laughs> like, that's a crazy yeah. thing to think about because it's not just entertainment. And that's the thing, you know, when I get really annoyed about some of these things and the way people talk about fighters and stuff like that, like uh, that that was the thing about the whole Yon Aljo situation that I got so heated about last week was just so many people were acting like, oh yeah, I could take that knee. It's like, no, you fucking couldn't. <laughs> no, you couldn't. And stories like that really bring it home because you're like, no, no, I, I was actually here at this event watching somebody like Rory McDonald while everyone's having a great time and everyone's elated. That dude's going back to the hospital and he's not going to be fine for a while. And arguably... He's not the same fighter. A lot of people make that argument. So, yeah, that's a tremendous it's story. To, it's meant to be one of the big things that uh, can obscure a fighter um, mm. in terms of a promotion coming after you when you have damaged your nose significantly. Mm. Um, obviously, it's you know it's the center of your face. But <laughs> if your nose, I didn't know that. Can't if your nose can't heal, like if like a. Rory went through crazy amount of surgeries to get his nose corrected and everything. Yeah. But it's a huge deal to promoters if they or organization owners, if they don't think your nose can hold up in a fight, Oof. they are reluctant to sign you because they know if you come in and fight once and you've had serious damage to your nose and you get another broken nose in that fight, you're going to be off for over a year, maybe, mm. you know, like that. that's just the way it is. So um, I'm great. Great to see that Rory has, done wonders in the negotiation market and has signed two big deals since then, one with Bellator and now with the PFL. So I'm, I'm very happy to see that. Honest to God, it makes me very happy for Rory. Yeah, he's clearly a very smart guy. You know, going over to a place like PFL where you can win a million dollars, and uh, at least the perception is, you know, we'll find out real quick, and we found out in Bellator that even though they're quote-unquote lower-tier organizations, the perception is that they are. And so, yeah. you know, he could perceivably have a really good shot at making a million dollars by the end of the year. But also, you know, he could run into uh, any of the top people there and uh, find himself in a similar situation that he was in Bellator losing to, you know, Douglas Lima. So it'd be interesting. We do have a bunch of chats here that I want to kind of catch up with. So Jay Tivo, it sounds like he was on the same line with me. Uh, Janan versus Joanna for title shot or Nina. So a lot of people like Nina Ansaroff for um, Joanna, which I think makes sense. You know, you could throw somebody in the top five that we haven't seen her paired against. And I think that could be interesting. The good thing about it, that obviously she doesn't sound too into that idea. Carla Esparza is number four, by the way. So I don't know, dude, dude, Carlos Barza, cookie monster, great person out, a great person, great fighter shows again and again that that fight was not who she is, but it would be really, really hard to see Carlos Barza versus Yana Janjacek too. Oh my God. Uh, I don't know if I want to see that one again. Cause that got, that got difficult to watch at the end. You know, some fights you're just like, Ooh, like when a, when a fighter gets their leg taken out or something like that, and they're just kind of a sitting duck, but they won't quit. You know, they just keep taking shots. That's what it felt like watching Carlos Barza versus Joanna. So Jan Janan, Nina Ansaroff, I think those two fights make sense. Well, JT makes a good point. I don't think people understand like what I'm trying to say here. It's not, 
I don't disagree with any of these matchups, but what Joanna is saying is for what she's done for this company, she she's obviously created a lot of stars through her fights too. But she's saying, I'm not getting in there and doing that to my head again. Yeah. Unless you're willing to pay me a certain amount of money. And that certain amount of money can only be accessed by the majority of fighters when they're fighting for a title. Yeah. And they're getting pay-per-view and stuff like that. That's her position. I don't think she'd have a problem fighting any of these guys if she was paid correctly. Mm. But as far as she's concerned, and we've, we know her manager, Jennifer, from CAA very well. Yeah. She's making a lot of money. A yeah. lot of yeah. money for doing fuck all. For doing nothing. So from her point of view, she's like, I've paid my dues. I've sacrificed my body on so many occasions for you guys. I'm not getting in there unless it's worth it to me. And at this stage in her career, I can't argue with that. Yeah. Like, I really can't. Well, I mean, the argument, I think the obvious argument to that would be if you want to, you know, continue fighting and continue having a top spot in the sport, then, you know, you got to play by the same rules as everybody else. I know that people break those rules. Paying people well, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that would be that great crazy too. Idea. Professional athletes at the pinnacle of a sport <laughs> earning a lot of money. Who'd yeah. have thought it? Yeah, yeah, definitely not arguing against the pay point. But if she's saying, you know, like, I mean, I don't know what her, you know, base pay is for one of these top five fights, but um, yeah, I mean, either way, I'm uh, definitely going for that. But if she's saying that, you know, she just it has to be that title fight. But I guess she's not. She's saying she would just wants the the money to be right, right? Is that the big point? Because I can get on board with I, that a whole lot more for sure. It's like John Jones being wants. told that he couldn't make Wilder money. It's like, bro, he sold more pay per views than Wilder. Wilder's had bigger one off fights against Tyson, but that was because it was Tyson Fury. <laughs> like outside of that, that, nowhere near close what John Jones sold. You know, that was such a bad look for the UFC that day. Like laughing as if a professional, a, like laughing as like Dana White like poo-pooing the idea that the best fighter in the world yeah wants to get paid the same amount as the third best heavyweight <laughs> in the world you know you're like and he's like this guy said he wants world money you're like do you know what you're saying man do you yeah. know what this means that you think it's ridiculous that an MMA fighter would get paid the same amount as a boxer like I wish Crazy. that was the way he articulated it. It's like, well, John Jones is, you know, probably our best fighter. At least that's the way we promote him before all of his fights, right? Um, but yeah. he's trying to make as much as the third best in boxing. We just can't do that. We can't have that. <laughs> I wish he would articulate that. You know, he's a fucking way. MMA fighter. This is a freak show. Why are we going to get that? <laughs> this is human cockfighting. Yeah, you're devaluing your number one guy. Um, yeah, I, I fully agree that the pay should be there. Uh, for for sport reasons, I hope that they can get those fights done because it makes the most sense. Let's see her up against somebody else in the top five. Let her have her Calvin Cater moment. Uh, for her, I think it you know can look really good if she's that confident. And uh, for Jan Janan, that would look really good. Nina Ansaroff creates a new title contender. But um, let's move through a couple more of these chats. So we got a bunch of super chats. Appreciate you guys. Admiral Apathy, new MMA on point merch. When? Also, when can we get a Discord shout out? Getting bigger every day. Love you guys. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. Uh, we need to give some more love to the Discord guys because you guys helped us with the, um, the fight of the year picks and things like that that we did on our live chat and uh yeah we need to give you guys some more love because you guys are awesome as far as new mma on point merch yeah 
let me know what you guys would like the most. You know, would you just like a t-shirt with a logo on it? <laughs> Cause we tried, like we've hired artists and things like that. And I'll just be honest with you guys. It hasn't sold that well, but if there's something that you guys really want, we can always list it on Teespring pretty easily. Um, so just let me know if you guys have any I ideas. I think we should get a, a t-shirt with fight written on it, as in the way I say it, F-O-I-G-T, just to satisfy <laughs> everyone. He likes to put that under all my videos every time. I piss myself. I think that's a magic. I, I think that's hilarious, man. Fight. Fight. <laughs> that's great. Um. Yeah, and I guess for for Americans, they can just put D's on the anything that has two T's. Calvin Cater, K- oh, Cater, Cater. I love Calvin Cater. Um, Roger P. We just follow what you guys say, just to make the world like life easier. Like I can remember, I had to call Habib Habib Nurmagomedov for about a year because that's what uh, John Anik was calling him on the broadcast, Ooh. even though we knew it was Nurmagomedov. Dude, nobody would listen to us. That reminds Don't you mean Nurmagomedov? That's what people would say, and you'd be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's like, that's not how you say it, though. Um, it's just how John Anik says it. John Anik obviously does a great job, but no one's perfect. Like, so, like, oh, he's the best. I love John Anik. I'm not sure. That was not meant to be shady. Yeah, pretty. you're like, fuck John Anik, dude. No, absolutely not. <laughs> well, so, like, the, uh, yeah, I remember with Poirier. Like, I started calling him Poirier because people were getting mad at me for calling him Poirier. Meanwhile, they called him that for, like, six or seven years. And I even made a joke on a video. It's like, people have only been watching since John Anik has been hosting or something. Because they had no idea where I got that pronunciation from. It's like, actually, I think Tommy still gets away with it. Well, so, it, from what I understand, it's, it sounds more like a W. It's like Poirier. But you don't yeah. actually say the R. Like, think of Cormier. It's like you don't you you shouldn't say Poirier. It should be like I don't know why it goes to a W sound because I don't speak French. But anybody who speaks French that I've talked to is actually backed that up. And I don't know if anybody does speak French in the chat. Let me know if I'm just totally off base. But it does go to show exactly what you're just saying about how there's a way of pronouncing things like Manel Cop. I can't get over that. We called that him Kate for off. years and years and years, and that you're is- telling me it's Cop now. Like, get the fuck yeah, let's out not here. forget about the whole Cyril Ghana adventure <laughs> yeah. we were on. That? that is not his name. Ghana is a country. His, his name is Cyril Ghana. His last name's Rhea. Oh. <laughs> worst joke ever. Um, apparently, his last name is Rhea because that, that's where they were headed with it. I yeah, like I love how after that whole night doing a fight companion on that. Lawton was here with me on that. The whole night, I'm like correcting myself. I'm like, I guess it's gone now. And then at the post-fight press conference, he's like, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. It's not gone. It's like, Jesus Christ. I, I switched my entire vernacular, my entire lexicon around this guy for one night because that's what the commentary was saying. And the, the fans were demanding I had to say it that way during the fight companion. It's just like, nope. I think sometimes, yeah, it's just like the Nurmagomedov, Madoff, whatever they were saying before. Nurmagomedov? Nurmagomedov? Oof. Yeah, yeah. Nurmagomedov, Shuri Popov. <laughs> just combine all the names together. Magomedov, uh, all of them in there. Anyhow, uh, yeah, that's funny. Roger P. Uh, does Stipe beat Francis Jones Ghana <laughs> Lewis? If he does that, Will he still hang around? If he beats all four, isn't he the real goat who beats him? Yeah, I mean... I think I, I think you're being very optimistic to think that Stipe Miocic is going to stay around for that long. I mean, I, I don't think we're going we're gonna to see Stipe here for that much longer. He'll 
he has all the capabilities to retire a champion and, and one of the greatest, the greatest heavyweight UFC champion of all time. Yeah. I think that's a lot of fights when you think about it. Four more fights for a guy, what is he, 37, 38 now? Ooh, that's a lot of question. fights. Yeah, if anybody in the chat knows, let us let us know real quick. I'll look it up as well. Like, this is heavyweight fights. Every time you're in there, you're risking, like, permanent brain injury pretty 38. much. So, I mean... 38. 38, yeah. Like, I mean... Do you really want to be taking on 30-year-old Cyril Ghana? Ooh, that's incredible, man, to think Ghana. about. Uh, Ghana, baby. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. So, like... Yeah, I think he's already uh, arguably the greatest heavyweight of all time. He holds the longest streak. And the guy who beat him while he was on that streak, three title defenses, nobody has uh, simultaneous, uh, or consecutive, not simultaneous, three consecutive defenses. He's the only one to have ever done it. Randy Couture obviously won it multiple times, but was always broken up between losses. He would go to Japan, lose a couple times, or he would lose his belt and then come back. He'd go down to light heavyweight. Nobody actually had three consecutive. He's the first one to ever do it. And I would argue it's up against the toughest competition. If he does it again, I think he absolutely cements it. In my mind, he probably already is the greatest heavyweight of all time just because of the competition he's had to face while doing it. Um, and then, yeah, so if he really does that, and then, like, John Jones, I think he would stick around for. Absolutely. I think that's a fight that he wants. That's a fight that's been teased for fight a long for time. Fight for the ages. John Jones, he is getting bigger, seeing all of his training footage. He is clearly bulking up. I don't think he can go down to light heavyweight for, man, it would take a while for him to get back down because he's clearly bulking up right now. It looks like he's in the uh, the dirty bulk phase, you know, like he keeps calling himself fat. He still looks in shape <laughs> to the rest of us, uh, but uh, by his own standards, he feels like he's not in shape, so he's still just kind of gaining the weight, but there's no way he's going to stop in between that to go back down to light heavy, and of course now with the Izzy fight off the table, the Yan fight is great, and I would love to see that too, but I think he really wants that Stipe fight. I think Stipe wants it too. Problem is... There's somebody named Francis and Ganu in the way that. So um, if he sticks around for Gon and Lewis, like, man, Lewis, not so much just because we've already seen Lewis, you know, at the top tier, you know, lose. Although, I mean, he's the number two guy right now. I would think that the Gon fight would be more interesting to me than the Lewis one. It's sorry. I, I completely missed my point on what I was going to say. Sorry. I was going to say, <laughs> um, I think, right. I think if, if Nganu wins against Stipe, mm. I don't feel like that's a lesser fight for Jones in terms of public interest, no, yeah, all that I kind agree. of stuff. I think it's a win-win for John Jones yeah. here, right? Like if, if he's guaranteed to take on the champ there, I feel as though it's a huge fight either way. Um, and I feel like I feel like even Nganu has this has this big like he stimulates the casuals a lot, right? Because he just looks like a Goliath. Yeah. And I feel as though if he goes in and he can write the wrongs, possible video on the way, but if he can write <laughs> hey. the of his UFC uh, 220 fight with Stipe, um, I feel as though that, that could be one of the biggest fights in UFC history. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, if, if Central Casting wanted to go and pick a muscle-bound knockout artist, they would choose somebody that looks like Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou looks like he's straight out of the movies. Like, dude is just jacked. He's ridiculously big. It's, I mean, it's like, yeah, it, it, it's a, a huge fight just on that, on the merits of 
like just being able to sell his knockout power, who he is, what he's been able to do. And like, dude, that guy needs a movie made out of him. I mean, there's just yeah. so much good there with Nganu. Nganu's like, just as a person, as a human being, what he's done to overcome his past, there's just so much more that the UFC could even be doing with him. And I hope they do uh, start pushing that ahead of this fight. I hope they do start pushing who he is and giving a little bit of that other side of him. Because, my God, has that guy been through a lot of shit in his life. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, but if he beats all four was the question that Roger P. had. I think um, I think you could already make that argument for him. It's on everyone else to now surpass that. If they can get three you know, consecutive title defenses, then I think they're in a really similar air to him. Even if, even if they can get two, if they do it the right way, you know, not to say that they're under the contenders. Of course, Fedor's out there. We got uh, Kane Velasquez out there, the best version of Kane. The problem is the best version of Kane just didn't stick around that long. You know, uh, he always had some weird loss, like the first JDS loss, or he had um, his incredible back injuries that messed him up. And then he came back and Ngannou just stopped him. The Verdum loss, sea level Kane, you know, all that stuff. So it's like the, the best contenders out there all have caveats. Like Fedor only defended that title. What was it? Three times? Was it three times in that entire run in Pride? Two or three times, something like that? But he fought a lot of lesser names. He fought Matt Lindland when he left, who was a middleweight. You know, like, there's a lot of fights. Hongman Choi, Zulu Zinho. He did have fights that were defenses that were, like, up against Mark Coleman, but that was way out of his prime. Even when he fought Randleman, I would say that that was Randleman out of his prime. So there are caveats with all of these people. That's the thing, and that's what makes the argument so much fun. You can make your case either way, but, yeah, I would say Stipe probably already earns it. Do you think that is that true for you? Yeah, it is, but I was going to hit you with a bit of rumor mill. Do you just want the rumor mill? Or are we afraid we're going to get sued? <laughs> Let's do it, dude. Hey, you're just saying it's, it's a rumor. Well, I, I was speaking to somebody in California not so long ago. Uh, I was on the phone. It was probably three weeks ago. Uh, I was talking about COVID and all this stuff and how it affected um, <laughs> the MMA scene, right? I was talking about, like, you know, all. I can't remember what, what exactly we were talking about, but I heard that AKA had a huge COVID outbreak mm. the week or weeks, like a few weeks while Cormier was preparing for Stipe. And apparently completely skeleton staff had to change sparring partners. Well, a lot of the guys had to change sparring partners for the fight. Just interesting huh. to see how he played that because it's interesting now because you see this Aljamain Sterling thing. Yeah. And he's coming out and he's defending everything on the internet. And you see Cormier coming out and just say, just say nothing. It doesn't matter. Just, you know, don't don't say anything about it. Just you can't win against the internet. Leave it alone. Mm. And I'm just wondering, is is there any part of himself that wanted to come out and say that after he loses the decision to Steve? He's like, listen, mate, my gym was fucked. And he just he just doesn't because he knows how the internet will react to it, right? True. Very true. Yeah, it's um that's always a tough one, you know. Cause it's so on you. Like no one's gonna say sport. no one's gonna be like, Oh, well he would have won then. You know what he's going to say? <laughs> no one is. That's true. No one is. Yeah. I mean, only the diest of the diehard, you know, like Jay TiVo, by the way, he says, just like out of the movies, his technique is poor. <laughs> I'll never say that to his face, though. Jay TiVo coming out with the fire. That was his response to me talking about how Nganu, you know, looks like central casting in Hollywood would have picked him. Uh, God, that's so fucking funny. Uh, 
but yeah, you're right. Uh, interesting point. But moving it on from there, I think that was a great question, Roger P. Really appreciate that one. It's a, it's a debate for the ages. Michael Horwitz just says, what's up, boys? Appreciate you uh, supporting us on the Extras channel. Everybody here, appreciate you guys for joining us today. Seeing guys like Zach Batista, who earlier I didn't get a chance to say, it was like, oh, yeah, I forgot you guys in the Extras. So welcome over and uh, happy to grow this thing with you guys. Roger P. has another um, super chat for us. How does Zabit do against Yair, Zombie, Ortega, Max, Volkanovsky? My poster out of order because I'm in between classes and I can't have you on live. <laughs> All right, Roger. Well, I'm glad you get a chance to listen to this later. Well, I mean, Yair is just so far off the table right now that it just doesn't even feel like a realistic possibility. They've been trying for it for so long, and then he has this USADA stuff going on. Um, zombie, uh, that would be a fun fight. Ortega is obviously booked up against Volkanovsky. Max would be a fun fight. Um, I think the question is for Max, does Max even want to fight, you know, like in between a title shot? Does, does he just want to stay active and take another fight? Because he can get the title shot easy off that Calvin Cater performance. Um, I think Zabit does well against uh, a lot of those guys. I mean, the Yair fight's the fight we wanted to see. Zombie, I think I like that fight the most. Um, yeah, I think Max gets the immediate title shot after Ortega versus Volkanovski and Zabit versus Ortega. Or not Ortega, but uh, Zombie. What do you think? Who would you match him up against next, Zabit? Yeah, I think he needs just that fight to, to get him there. Like, I've covered Zabit for a number of years because he's with ACB. Before he went to the UFC, he was in a similar situation to Piotr Jan was, where he was so evidently brilliant. Yeah. And you're kind of just waiting for him to get that call up. And since then, he's flourished, obviously. Um, I, I guess what I'm thinking about, Matt, like, I think he can fight for the title. I think he's ready for that type of test. I mean, it, it's just someone to verify that now, because it's been a long time since that Calvin Cater fight. Like, how long ago was that? Hmm. No, it, was it was like over a junior. year ago anyway, right? Oh, you're talking about Zabit. <laughs> My mind yeah, drifted yeah. there, and I was like, is he talking about Max That's Holloway? <laughs> I mean, like, I think it's like over over a year at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we... Yeah, that was every year So ago. It was like I think the it, end of the year. Like, I wouldn't even mind if they wanted to do Dan Ige fresh off that, like, split-second KO and, and, and do that fight because Ige looked fantastic oh, there. yeah. You know, I, I think that's a really, really good fight. But I do feel like Magomed's going to give one of these boys a serious go because he is so much to his arsenal. Like, he's so unconventional. It's very mm -hmm. hard to get anyone to prepare for Zabit. Like, I mean, he's done some crazy shit in the UFC. He was doing crazy shit in ACB before he got to the UFC. Yeah. I feel like we see a new little wrinkle in his game every time we see him. And I think that's probably the most difficult thing about fighting Zabit. Um, it feels like you can never fully prepare for a dude like that because no. he's always going to pull something else out. It's just unfortunate because, you know, we're still left with that Calvin Cater weird three-round affair that he looks a little gassed after, and we're just still left with that question. And you're right, it's over a year ago. It was right around when I was thinking, too. Uh, November 2019 is what it was. Um, How will we not see that guy fight since then? That's insane. Like, I mean, unreal. as far as I'm concerned, this has been more like Yair Rodriguez holding up Zabit's career than anything else because he had, yeah. what, two fights with him booked? Yeah, and all of them fell through. It's just... And all of them resulted in Yair Rodriguez leaving the UFC. Oh, <laughs> man. It's such a fun fight, too, man. Like, on paper, it just <laughs> looks incredible. I don't know what we're waiting for there. Like, 
once he gets back from USADA, it should be like the first thing they try to do. But at this point, should it, I mean, to go against my own point, should it even be that anymore? <laughs> like, is it just fucked? Is it the next most cursed fight? When is when is Yair going to be back? Like, I mean, how long was he suspended for? Was it one of them six month jobs? Or yeah, it was like a six month type kind of deal. So what did that happen in December? So, I mean, we would be, you know, by June, May, somewhere around there, whichever month it was that he actually got suspended. I don't know what's going on with that, but um, let's see what the chat was saying. So actually, I want to go back because I did ask about the merch thing and I didn't come back to it. Somebody said my my face over Joe Rogan's logo. That's what JT Vo said. <laughs> <That'd be good. laughs> Jason Lego minifigure. That's actually pretty funny. Just go with some of the memes. Me over Kermit. Um, we should do an Ali Aquinta real estate t-shirt maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I think that makes plenty of sense. We should just get one that just says Foyt on it. Foyt. Yeah, Foyt. Um, only speak Irish today, says Yumjoy style. There you go. St. Patty's Day. You're doing it right. Let's see. What else are people saying? Just skip him back down. Nganu has fought less than three minutes in four fights since the Lewis fight. We haven't seen enough to show he can beat Stipe. It has to be down to training. Yeah, I mean, I know that's something that you're looking into right now, so we'll save, you know, obviously some of that as you're, you know, you're still doing interviews and things, but we are looking to build something up, hopefully, to to get a look into his camp. It's not been easy, guys. Let me tell you that much. It's <laughs> not been easy. Uh, Jason and me have had many of late night conversation about how difficult it is for some of the aspects Ooh. of this piece to be pulled off, but... Uh, Believe me, I'm trying. I'm going mad trying to make it happen. So hopefully we'll be able to answer some of these questions for you in terms of Nganu's training next week, hopefully. I can't even guarantee it at this stage. But. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, if you think about it, you know, trying to get in touch with athletes, like the the closest thing I can compare it to, because Lawton and I come out of like the music world is like, it's like a rock star lifestyle. You know what I mean? Because they, they just did whatever, they 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 did it. They broke through. They did what they wanted to do. They're part of that, like, 1%, uh, less than 1% of people that try to get into their actual dream and then just kill it. And so they have people that they pay to take care of everything else in their life. So they just they just live their life. They're having a great time. And so you're trying to get in touch with them, set up an interview, and they're like, I'm surfing on, on like, the coast of Hawaii right now. You know, I'm on a yacht in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean somewhere. You know, it's like... I'm in the Bahamas. They're, they're doing crazy things or they're just training all the time or they're just super focused, you know, and it's hard to bring them out of that. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it my, is tough. My, my policy has always been to irritate them to the point where they're just like, listen, I just kind of fucking do this or else this guy won't leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> That's always, yeah. always like, <laughs> just bombard them. Hey, did you see that last message? Hey, did you see that last, last message? The one, yeah. What, what are you thinking of <laughs> It's a real credit to the kind of pieces that you're doing, though, because, you know, I know that a lot of the people from Jan's camp reached out to you and said how much they enjoyed it. So I think uh, I think it works out really well for everybody once it's done. Uh, and I know they were obviously really great to deal with, but uh, it's not always that way, you know. Well, one's usually great once you can sit down with them. It's just getting that time right, especially where I am, because obviously Nganu's um, – in vegas so his team are like eight hours and um, behind me yeah so it's like you know it's very tough to get the times right and then when you set up an interview in the middle of the night and they don't show up it's very upsetting <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to be up the next day 
yeah. real early. Chase, try to get another. We're gonna focus piece, man. We're gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna beat the shit out of you when I see you. Hey, like, man. Please, not again, Jason. Not again. I'm very violent off camera. I have to say, um, and I'm very intimidating. Um, I'm six feet tall, guys. That's really tall. Um, he told me he's gonna beat me unmerciful the next time he sees me. The first time he sees me, even he's gonna. He said he's gonna beat the shit out of. Me. Yeah, you're gonna be looking forward to it. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be great. Bring the whips. <laughs> the whips. I love the H in that sound. You actually pronounce the H. Um, let's see. Fedor is the goat heavyweight. Says Peter Forsberg. Forsberg. What's the name of the hockey player for the? It is Philip Forsberg. And okay, like... It's funny that I doubt there's a relation. But predators. No, his his dad is oh, literally named Peter Forsberg. I'm almost positive. The hockey player. Um, so I think it's just from Finland. Do what? It's just a friend. It's just, yeah. Just, just a friend of Fedor. Just a bro. Just like, like every time anyone talks about the greatest heavyweight ever, he just pays someone immediately get into that chat. Is it his dad? Is it his dad? <laughs> Like your dad in the chat voting for you for Kumite? Hell yeah. Is that Fedor's dad? We're here? actually brothers, me and Fedor. So, same dad. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were cheating during those Kaposa segments. Or that, not Kaposa, Kumite segments. <laughs> Zach Batista, I know he'll get fined, but I want to see Askren just get fined? Oh, I want to see him blast a double leg on Jake Paul right out the gate. Honestly, I'm on board. I condone this. I condone this action. Hey, I wanted to... Can I chime in with something here? Because no. something didn't sit right with me last week. Um, Dana White brings up this fight out of nowhere in the Mike Tyson show, the, the hot boxing with Mike Tyson. And Zab Judah is there. And Zab Judah has been in Ben's camp. I mean, sorry, uh, Jake Paul's camp. And I'm thinking, like, for Dana to go out of his way, and I know he didn't say positive things. He was saying, I'm going to put money on Ben Askren. A million. But it feels like to me that he is getting very close to dipping his toe in the Jake Paul waters. I I really, just the fact that he's going out, like it feels like he's going out of his way to talk about these things. Um, I don't know. I'm just a bit worried about that. (laughs) I'm a bit worried. I'm a bit concerned. I, I can't even look at you after you said that, dude. Like, oh my god! No, but you know the reluctance he usually has to speak about no. anything else. Do you know what I mean, though? Like, it kind of scared me a bit. Um, yeah, that scares the shit out of me. Uh, I I don't know why. You know, like I know a lot of people have interest in this stuff, and it's all good if you're interested in it. But like, for me, it's just like, I mean, the piece that Tommy put out yesterday sums it up. It's like, and it's one of the last lines he says, if we're not here trying to figure out who the best fighters on the planet are, then what are we even doing? Like, that was the whole premise that this whole thing was built on, you know? If you want to have, like, freak show fights, yeah, it makes sense for people like Triller to put that on. But for the UFC to put it on, it's like, ultimate fighting uh, mockery? I don't know. What what are we going for? Entertainment, yeah. Ultimate fighting simulation of entertainment. (laughs) No. I agree. I agree. I completely agree with you. But it is happening, as I say. Like, I mean, this is a something Stop that's that. developing. Stop saying that. And Stop it. But, Stop it. But I'm just saying, like, it, he knows when he says that on that show that he's going to generate a huge amount of publicity now for that fight, right? Like, and he doesn't say it. Like, he's not, like, goaded into saying it. Mm. It's just, like, out of nowhere, he's saying it. And you're like, you know that this is only adding to the intrigue on both sides for you to say this. It's true. It just, I don't know. I could be completely wrong, but 
Mate, CM Punk fought in the fucking UFC. Yeah. So I'm not ruling anything out. Everything is bad. Everything sucks. You just reminded me that everything sucks in life. God damn it. God damn it. Um. Well, yeah, let's... I really, really, really hope that's not the case. But, yeah, you can't be surprised when you bring up the CM Punk point. Um, Jake Paul versus Francis Bookett says <laughs> Whiskey Hands Mike. What up, Whiskey Hands Mike? <laughs> I'm seeing Howard Tran in here, too. Good to see you guys in here. Bonfish. No, seems like he was just talking, having fun. That's the hope, right? Um, oh, yeah. that's. I, I hope it was. Um. <laughs> uh, Howard Tran saying I was having a full out-of-body experience. Yeah, that was me. Uh, just avoiding the situation. <laughs> um, both Paul brothers versus Francis and Ganu. Now we're talking. Now, now we got a. Now, now we got something I'm interested in. Uh, Dana, hey MMA fighters, I see you fighting for pennies, but I'm just gonna bet one million like it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I did see that as a meme. I mean, we just got done talking about Yoana. We just got done talking about these fighters. I mean, it's been a big year and a half. You know, John Jones, a lot of fighters. I mean, Masvidal just now got booked, but there's a lot of negotiation problems with pay, specifically over the last year thought of it we're getting fans back right wasn't that his whole reason why he couldn't pay the wild <laughs> amounts that deontay wilder was getting oh wow yes yes it was and th- th- meanwhile they're simultaneously saying that they're breaking all these records and the business has never been doing better it's like so what if seven thousand people caught covid we got a million people to buy a pay-per-view <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ man um ultimate fighting shit show is what howard tran called it uh who cares about youtubers fighting i don't get the appeal i mean jay yeah i just realized this is our opportunity to try and get on the next dana white media lambastation video (laughs) (laughs) this is our opportunity (laughs) you guys what the hell are you doing (laughs) i hate it i hate the event bringing the fans what are you doing dana you're a bad man you're a bad bad man Dude, you're kind of hitting that like tone that he hits, like the hey, like he kind of like when he yells. I swear to God, there's some of that in Dana's voice. You know, it's like Conor McGregor, like it, it, it hits there when he's like really yelling. I swear to God, you just hit that untapped vocal quality that no one else has got before. <laughs> Dig it. Medium fighting championship says Kiss Tofa. <laughs> oh, dude, mundane fighting championship. I love it. Uh, Dana really just bet four times more money on a YouTuber than Chuck Liddell winning the 2003 Pride Middleweight Grand Prix. <laughs> to be fair, they were broke back then, but man, that is quite the the realization of you bringing that up. Uh, fight would go slap slap two dead Pauls. Oh, talking about Ngannou. What do you guys think about Joanna versus Hill? Personally, I'd love it. Hill's been on the wrong side of some decisions, man. I thought she oh, beat yeah. Claudia Gedalia. Um, what was the other fight that she had? Was it Watterson? I thought she won that fight as well. I think might she, have been. Yeah, it was two back to back. That was the killer. It was like yeah. two split decisions back to back that she. Everyone thought she won. Yeah, it's just like oh, mate. Yeah, I had her in both of those fights. So I mean, she's in a tough place right now in terms of the rankings. You could argue that she deserves a fight like that. Um, but unfortunately, she's gotten a shitty hand dealt to her in terms of judges' decisions. Like, really shitty hands. She'll have her Masvidal moment. I really believe it. Yeah. Where everything comes together. Like, if it felt like it was coming together in her last fight. I mean, who was it she was fighting? Was Ashley Yoder? Yoder. Yeah. So, Yoder, 
tough as a coffin nail. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, them body Took shots in the first round were legit. And uh, she stayed in there. And look, there was there was probably three or four times during that fight where I was like, she's out of here. And she stayed in. Got a big takedown in the last round. But um, really, really good because it just looks like everything's coming together for Hill right now. Yeah, she's she really did capture that like Cerrone energy over the past couple of years too of just like taking a bunch of fights, not caring who it's against and just mowing through people. You know what I mean? Um, and she deserves so much more credit. I really thought she won that Gadelia one. I even thought the Watterson fight was closer, but I still scored it for her. It's just like, it's a tough place to be because if she wants a fight like Ioana, it's going to be hard to entice the Ioana's like, well, she's, I mean, you could make the same argument. You know, I made that argument the other way in terms of what their records look like, but she hasn't quite reached that title contention in her most recent, you know, kind of outings. So it's a tough place to be. I would love to see that matchup. So I'll say that, but I don't, I don't think it would happen uh, where it's at right now. Um, She just beat the piss out of Yoder. There you go. Whiskey, Mike Hansen. Yeah, you agree. Love you. MMA point says Sam. Oh man, I can't pronounce that middle name. I hope that you are Jewish because that's just, I can't read that out loud. Um, we'll just say Sam Herman. Um, I'm going to assume that you are Jewish and I will not pronounce that name. How dare you? Never assume. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the, the best case scenario. Um, how do you guys like Ige versus Josh Emmett? Ooh, two power punchers going at it. I mean, that's I the beef Ige, to be honest. What's that? I prefer as a beef Ige, to be honest. Yeah, I like that argument more myself. Josh Emmett is a part of this discussion, a hundred percent, though, man. What was he still coming off the Burgos win? Like, when was the last time he fought Josh Emmett? He was meant to fight Arnold Allen, right? I don't think that happened. Oh, I think he has man. fought. That would have been a banger. Arnold fight, Allen is the man. most forgotten about ranked welterweight in the world. God damn. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's still coming off the Shane Burgos, which was in June. So he's had quite the layoff. Josh Emmett has. Need to see that dude back. They need to. They. I thought that was a brilliant fight, Arnold Allen v. Josh Emmett. Mm. Um, oh man, incredible! Happen, obviously, yeah, I, I really like that fight. To be honest, um, Arnold Allen is a guy that's everyone's sleeping on. Um, yes, he he doesn't like the whole media stuff. Like he does it, but he he's just not mad about it. He he's a wild man. Like his his father was a strong man. His brother is a strong man. And next <laughs> one, they have this son who's just going in and wrecking the place. Like. When he got his, like, he was considered, like, say most people, right, mm. uh, when they're in cage warriors, which uh, breeds most of the fighters for the UFC in the UK and Ireland, he was thought to be, like, not not ready to fight for the cage warriors title oh, when he man. was signed by the UFC. You know, everybody was like, this kid, he was like 20 getting signed to the UFC, and his run has been unbelievable. And yes. one of the most unbelievable things about him is, sometimes, like, it will look like the fight is completely gone. Mm. Like, you'll be like, oh... It's, like even in his debut against Alan Omer, mm. he was losing the fight. He had lost two rounds, and then he guillotine chokes him in the third round. It was unbelievable. Macwan Amerikani, he was on this big run. Yeah. Everybody's like, going to be eating the apples, next big thing going viral eating apples. That really huh? did happen. He did have a viral video of him eating apples for some reason. I, I, he's a very sexy man. He's a very sexy but man. That happened. That happened with. Uh, Macwan, he he edges him out in London. Then the following year, I believe it was in London as well, Mads Burnell, one of the most highly touted prospects yeah. coming out of Scandinavia, again, beating him the first two rounds. And then he gets, then he chokes out Mads in the third Oof. round. 
unbelievable, dude. And since then, he's looked really good. Like against Melendez, yeah, he, he looked unbelievable. So I just really hope that uh, that they. Oh shit, he's fighting Sadiq Yusuf. I didn't even know that. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, he's got and a the... banger of a fight coming up. Yeah, when is, when is that? Is that next week? End of April. End of April. Oh my god. I know it's coming up quick. That's a banger of a. That fight. is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. That fight. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, I'm not ready for that. Yeah, my dude. body isn't ready for that. <laughs> it's a wonderland, though. So you got that going for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> needless John Mayer joke of the day. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. Like Arnold Allen is one of those guys. You know, we're looking for people out of that region to become champion. Who can be the next guy to come out and do it? And he is absolutely at the top of that. All right, Shroom Grizzly, chill out. Jesus Christ. <laughs> What the fuck? What's he saying? He's just saying Michael Chandler and new, and he's just putting like an obscene amount of like emojis after it's like, dude, are they egg just put emojis? it in there once, put it in there once. Eggplant emojis. Well, no, he wasn't talking about Connor. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> Arnold Allen versus Sodique is going to be a banger. Yeah. Toby Kinsella agrees. Um, how train, I think, man, that is a, that is a huge fight for featherweight, right? Like huge. Man, savage you know i can remember um, killer we had this we had a highly touted prospect dylan took that was coming out of ireland and it was sadiq's last fight before um he went to the ufc i think mm. and i can remember seeing that booking and i'd known who sadiq yusuf was because when i was training jujitsu sadiq yusuf was a big deal because he was in lloyd Irvin's gym and he was this young kid among men and he was you know holding his own on the mats etc wow and I was like, Jesus, that's a bad fight for Dylan. And he went in and it was it was a it was a pretty ferocious performance from Sadiq. But it's amazing to think that guy's grappling ability is probably far better than his striking ability. And for the most part, all we've seen him doing is absolutely clobbering lads with his hands. Yeah. So that's an unbelievable talent right there. Crazy KO power. Um Wow. I didn't even know that he was uh, that highly touted on the ground because we haven't seen it, you know. That's interesting. Yeah. And you look at his fights. I mean, did he have like real showcases on the ground prior to the UFC to your knowledge? No, he was he was just always I I believe the story was that he was so confident on the ground, he was just going in and letting those things swing, you know Pulling what I mean? Just letting the hands go. And but I I mean like the level we're talking about here for the jiu-jitsu geeks in the chat. Like this guy was training with the likes of Keenan Cornelius and stuff on a daily basis. Like one of the the great minds in the sport, one of the, the the he's kind of got an evolutionary mind like an Eddie Bravo or someone. Like mm. this guy was with him all the time. Um so unbelievable wow. talent. Unbelievable. And there was so many guys in that uh in that Lloyd Irvin uh gym. Unbelievable. Dude, whoever wins that fight, man. Yeah, you would think that uh, for Sodique to beat somebody that highly touted and for Arnold Allen to beat somebody that highly touted their their career, if it goes well at all, you know, that's all that's a rocket ship. If Sadiq has bet Arnold Allen up for two rounds, don't rule out Arnold Allen finding a way to win because the guy I've seen him do it way too many times for it to be a freak accident. He just the dude is a kid like he just knows how to get it done. It's unbelievable. Go back and watch the Man. fights with Mads Brunel. Go back and watch the fights, his debut against Alan Omer. It's, it's actually unbelievable how he does it. Unbelievable. Dude, I love it, man. Well, that makes me more hyped. Um, what card is he actually on? Let me double check on that one. So, April 10th. I don't know April 10th. Okay, so that's a fight night. Yeah. There's the 17th. That's the one that um, Gastelum just got booked on with Whitaker. So it's the week prior to that. 
Who actually headlines that one? Just out of curiosity. UFC on ABC too. Oh yeah, so that's actually a really big card too. Oh, that's Till versus Vittori. That's a great card. That's the co-main on that too. That's good to see for Arnold Allen because Arnold Allen has been one of those guys that you said from the get-go has been kind of counted out and put on the undercard. Even when he fought Gilbert Melendez, that was on the prelims. You know what I mean? It's like, let's give this guy some shine finally. Uh, so that's great. Um, interesting. Well, yeah, moving it on from there. I think we're about to wrap it up. I would get in those last-minute questions. Um, let's see. Um, Shroom Grizzly, are you on Shrooms? <laughs> That's the guy that was spamming the chat. Oh, what's up? It's not cage fighting. Um, good to see you in here. He says Arnold Allen. So it looks like uh, you'll be taking him, or, or you just want to talk about him. I'm not sure. Best UK prospect for a title. He might have been uh, actually answering Liam Garrett. Yeah, I mean... Ooh, that's a tough one right there, man. The best one. Uh, at heavyweight, we got Aspinall, who's been making some waves over there. Light heavyweight. Are there any big uh, English, UK, Irish prospects? That that region. Ian Gary, if you want to check out our extras video, we've got something there. Welterway, if you want to talk baby. about an Irish prospect. Welterweight, baby. Yeah, definitely check out that video. We put a lot of work into that. PT's research on that is just phenomenal what i really like about what you do with those is getting the fighters involved because it, it provides so much more context to talk about when he's going out there with uh, you know pendrid and things like that and talking about like seeing his best friend you know like freaking out it's like it's so cool to get that that type of perspective so it's on this channel it's the last video we uploaded so definitely check it out after this for sure paul craig man paul craig you want to talk about it being counted out as well paul craig is in that that group because for a while there man i'd lost faith in him I'll, I'll be totally honest with you i was like man he's just not looking great in these fights the way he's getting hurt the way he's getting hit like it just doesn't seem like it's working out for him i thought the ankaliyev fight was a fluke i think it might be more of a fluke for ankaliyev but not for paul craig in the way that i thought it was i thought he just got lucky but no i think it really was skill for him and he's shown that in his last few fights uh so yeah paul craig's great coming out of scotland can't understand him on his podcast. He hasn't done it in a while. The bareback podcast is what he calls it. It's, uh, it's crazy because when, <laughs> when you just hear him, like if he's doing interviews, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it. But if he's talking to his boys, he's talking to his friends, it's full slang mode. It's full throttle. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I need to listen to this more. It's a musical language. I love it. I love Scottish people speaking, man. Even though I don't know what's going on. I want to spend. It's, it's just great to listen to yeah, like, I want to spend some time up there. I want to get used to that accent and, like, learn more about it. I think it's badass. Um, Composer's Corner today. Yeah, so that'll go up in two hours. Since it's on the extra channel, we want there to be a little bit of separation. That way, you know, people aren't getting notifications, you know, trampling over top of each other. But we'll uh, we'll upload that at 4 my time, which is 7 uh, for, you know, people in the U.K., Davy Grant. Ooh, Davey Grant's another dark horse, dude. Another dark horse. Who was that who was up against? It was uh, Martin Day recently. I was like, oh, dude, Martin Day's going to wash him. Because Martin Day he has the, not had a weekend. Another knockout win at uh, the weekend. So. Yeah, that's what he was just talking about in the chat there. Um, but yeah, so like that, that Martin Day fight, when he went into that one, I was just like, there's just no way. Because Martin Day, he hasn't had that great of a record, but he's a sharpshooter on the feet. And if you let him do his thing, he's going to knock you out. And uh, Davy Grant, he actually took a hard as hell punch in that fight, came back and absolutely destroyed him. 
And then uh, we see David Grant over this past weekend just keeping it going. Who is that? I'm, I'm, it's, I'm blanking on who he actually beat. Do we remember who that was? was Hernandez or something? Or? It, yeah, Jonathan Martinez is who it was. Jonathan Martinez, Martinez is a vet, man. Uh, that's, a, that's a great, great, great win. So he's 13-4 and four now. I don't know what you do with him, but, dude, guy's just looking great out there. And he's got submissions to his credit as well, you know. He's lost to Chris Holdsworth. That's crazy to think about Chris Holdsworth, dude. Oh, man, that's like one of the most tragic retirements ever, uh, you know, like coming out of TJ Dillashaw, getting kneed in the head. Uh, that's his story, at least. You know, that's one side of the story. TJ has his own side to it. But the, that's the story coming out of the team alpha male guys that, you know, when he split away is that he ended Chris Holdsworth's career early. TJ Dillashaw did by, like, fucking him up in training, just going full 100%, you know. Um, so uh, Chris Holdsworth, I mean, that's, man, I wish we could somehow see that guy back in. So there's no shame in losing to him. Damien Stasiak and Manny Bermudez. But uh, Manny Bermudez was in 2018. Um, and Manny Bermudez is a great talent as well. So I think he's on the best run he's been on in his entire career with some of the names that he's up against at the level that he's at. So yeah, Davy Grant is another sleeper. I really appreciate uh, that name being thrown out there. Pride rules. <laughs> Somebody said in the chat, <laughs> Yum Joy style. I love that dude. That's so funny. Paid rules. Pride rules. He just can't he, – he couldn't do anything to clean it up for uh, – to be fair, though, like, I don't understand why it's so bad with Dana White because I understand that he has, like, Meniere's disease. Is that what it's called with his uh, with his ear and he had to get surgery on? I understand that his hearing's not 100%, but he can understand American people just fine. <laughs> it's just like, why can't you understand, like, an RP British accent, the cleanest accent that there is hey. – you're going to offend some people in the chat with this kind of talk because every week I get it. What is this guy saying? Oh, we need subtitles on this, guys. Dude. No, you don't. No, it's you don't. It's just different. Spend, spend a little bit of time to get like a bare minimum of education out there. Um, anyhow, I think we're coming to a wrap up there, but I like the fact that we're talking about prospects out here because it ties right into that Ian Gary piece. So before you uh, leave this channel, Friday, watch guys. that video first. Yeah, fighting on Friday, Cage Warriors. Um, yeah, actually, why don't you go and sell that one? You could sell it a whole lot better than I could. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a whole trilogy event happening this weekend with Cage Warriors because of the way the world is at the moment. They do three events back to back. We have one of the greatest prospects outside of the USC and Morgan Charrier defending Ooh. his title against Jordan Vukanic. You have the return of the face of Cage Warriors, Paddy the Body Pimblet against David Martinez. And on Friday night, we have a semi-final brackets for the welterweight tournament. Mason Jones was a double champion under the Cage Warriors banner. He left now, went to the UFC, and it's left the welterweight title vacant. So Ian Gary, the guy we featured in the video, is taking on Rustam Ackman. And then on the other side of the bracket, Jack Grant, one of the most touted lightweights in the country for many, many years, uh, takes on Matters Flaminas. And Jack Grant's moving up to 170 for this. But the thing you need if you want to go to the UFC from Cage Warriors is A, a, a win over a UFC veteran, and B, a Cage Warriors title. And Ian Gary, one of the most heavily touted Irish fighters since the likes of McGregor and James Gallagher, all these guys, gets an opportunity to first of all beat Ackman to get the UFC veteran win and then get the belt in the final if he gets through. So two huge tests. A lot of people don't know how this is going to go because Ian hasn't fought the likes of an Ackman before. So this is a huge, huge test for him on Friday and the nation will be tuning in. So it's a big, big deal. Check it out on the Extra Channel and let us know what you think because 
we we live and breathe off the feedback so we really appreciate it yeah you guys have been awesome in the response so far so check it out that's a hell of a sell right there um yeah i love hearing you talk about that and uh it's definitely something to look forward to on top of the ufc event this weekend a lot of great things to look forward to so i appreciate you guys joining us we will be on Twitch today with Tom, right? No, I'm, I'm kidding. I saw the message come through. The one week we'll remember to shout out Tom like, being on Twitch. No, He's no. not on Twitch this week. But Mac will be. So uh, make sure you check out our Twitch later on. That should be at 4 my time, which would be 9 for the UK. Um, yeah, so that's 5 Eastern time. Anyhow, check that out. Watch the Ian Gary video. And we'll be back tomorrow with a normal video on the main channel as well. So plenty of content. Lots of great stuff going on. Thank you guys for joining us. We will see you next week. Peace out, homies.